Hi there, so we're going to talk about the computer hardware today. This is a bit of a beginner course. We're going to try and touch on it. My name is Matt, and with me is... Max. Hi. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Great, great. Alright, so today we're going to look at uh, the hardware, the beginnings, the basics. Sure. So, I think it's kind of important to understand what's in a computer, and what makes it up, and what do you get out of it. Um, this will kind of form the fundamentals to understanding the next steps that we're going to build on top of it, which is going to be things like uh, what you can do with the hardware. How do you trick the hardware to do things that people don't intend it to do? What you can do to protect against it? All of this kind of stuff. So I think if you're curious enough to look inside of your computer, to undo those screws on the back of the box, crack it open and look inside, if you're not familiar at all with the stuff inside, um, everything has a purpose. And let's talk about those purposes. Alright, so what are, the, what are the key parts that we want to look at today? So, the thing that makes it all work together um, is the motherboard. It ties in the components. But the things that I really want to discuss today, there's three things, right? There's the CPU, there's the memory of the system, and there's the hard drives. Everything else is right, just so kind of auxiliary. All right, absolutely. So, from a from a hardware per, or from a hardware and security perspective, those are the main things that we're going to be looking at for today. Yeah, perfect. All right, so what what should we start with? We've got the memory, we've got the hard drive, and we've got the CPU. Okay, well, let let's try it out. CPU first. Right, so so the CPU is the the brain of the system, the neurons, the synapses, the firing of instructions throughout it, and it's it's a chip, and it holds a bunch of these things called registers, and the registers are little little single thoughts that occur at any point in time. Okay, so like it, these are individual components that work towards the greater good obviously greater good or greater bad really depends on whose perspective we're taking but at its most basic a computer is a very dumb thing it just does what you tell it to do and it doesn't understand who's telling it to do what so the CPU is this is the chunk of work I'm working on right now and it's a very small chunk so for instance, if you wanted to add two numbers together, right? Very basic okay. math. You have a storage place saying what one of the numbers you want to add is. You have another storage space that has another number that you want to add. And then you have the fact that you're adding these two together, right? So you have this storage place is called a registry. So you'd say, okay, I want to add five to three, so you got five, you got three, you've got add as the operator, and you say chew on that for a millisecond, and sp it spits out the answer, it says eight is the answer. And then you I take... I was really hoping I didn't have to do that math on the air. Well... So, yeah. these are all the, 
these go into the individual registers, or what you're saying, and then or registers or registries. Um, it goes into those, and then the 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 CPU itself has the the processing power behind it to know if you say that the action that you want it to do is multiply, it'll take those two numbers and then it'll take that action and it'll do whatever the action is towards it. Yeah, although computers are very stupid, they're built with a, a certain set of instructions that they, they know how to do that are the most common ones that repeat that only take one CPU cycle to execute. So this would be things like addition, subtraction, multiplication, um, joining two bits of registry together to make one longer one, you know, these, these type of functions. Um, and then once, once you've done something with it, it's still stored in a registry, but you need to, you know, maybe put it someplace the, in memory where you can um, add that component to something else, another thought downstream and then reform so another thought and display it to somebody or or um, do another function with it. So does that effectively bring us out to memory? Yeah, like the, sure. The, the basics for the, the CPU are that you give it the absolute most basic instructions that it can take. And then it will try and do whatever it has to do with them, It'll or it, it will do exactly what it's being told to do with them, and then it passes them on, or it passes them out, passes the result out to someone else yeah in this case memory yeah that's that's a great way of describing it so now we're at the memory stage where the computer needs to do a lot of things at the same time and computers are meant to do multiple things at the same time so there's a certain amount of swapping that needs to go on um, but it's it's too slow to put these things to a hard drive um, so it just needs this area of short-term memory, which is why, where the memory word comes from, that it can say, okay, I can, I can just keep these kind of thoughts up in the air and come back to it as long as nothing bad happens, like a power failure. You know, I can just recall this bit, get back to it when I need to. Yeah, and, and, and join these thoughts together into like a work package. So the way programs are structured is uh, a program that you run on your computer is brought up into memory it's dissected into these little one-line instructions that execute on the CPU and it's a back-and-forth cycle so taking a very simplistic approach of a computer that's only doing one thing right? it's got these back-and-forth things of Okay, I need to place this into the memory registry here. I need to take this out of the memory registry. I need to to go to this other function. This is an instruction that I want to create and run. And then at the end of the day, you know, I I, I did all of this for a reason, right? Is it to draw a pretty picture on the screen? Is it to communicate to someone across the world over the internet? Is it to do my taxes and save it to disk, right? So the purpose of memory is is just to be abstracted, do something super quick, be a, be a way to handle the communication to to the CPU, and then also feedback information to the hard drive. So now I want to try and reiterate what uh, 
what I understand that you've told me here. Uh, we've now got three layers. We've got the CPU, which is the one that makes all of the, the core decisions, uh, but the decisions are so minute. Then you've got the RAM, which is the fastest interface between the CPU and the third layer, which is the program. So you've got, for instance, a program that has been started, and every time it needs to make a decision, it has to ask the CPU. So if you go from, you know, sending a letter to somebody, you have to write it down. Dear CPU, I want to know if this is the right decision. Should the sky be blue? And then every single time you try and draw part of the sky, you have to ask it. So then instead, what people or what the, the, the computer is doing in this case is it loads most of these things or most of the program into memory. And then the memory can ask the CPU really quickly. Hey, hey, buddy. Blue? Yep. Blue? Yep. Blue? Yep. We're good. All right. That's the sky. And then it does that. And then it reports back to the program. Is that sort of right? Is that more or less the way that I'm understanding it? Kind of. Um, remember, computers are really dumb. They just do whatever. If you tell them that the sky should be red, it'll do that check for red, right? But it's the person who wrote the program that's really in control of these things. So Well, the person who wrote the program, but once the program's written, it's the program itself that's in control. We're, we're yeah. not even abstracting it as far as the person. Right, and we're, we're not even going, the, the getting to the, to the operating system concept either right now. We're just really focusing in on there's a program that's existing. It, it's pulled off of the disk. It's read off of the disk. It's read into memory, and it's executing through memory on the CPU. Well, so then that's the that's the proper third layer, right? The disk, because you've got all of this information stored on the disk. If you want to get the information from the disk to the CPU to interface properly, uh, the fastest way to do it is not to read it off of the disk into the CPU. It's just to read it into the memory and then have the memory go back and forth. That's right. That's right. So okay. that that's the way programs really work. Um, as if you don't have to write to the disk, if you don't have to save what you're working on to disk, then for the most part, you just bring it off of the disk, bring it into memory, start executing on stuff, and leave the disk alone. It's the, it's the fastest way to do what you want to do. So that brings us to the, the disk properly. Like the, the program is, is still even an abstraction from the disk itself. The hard disk is the, the third thing that you mentioned at the start here, so let's take a look at that then. Okay. Well, the hard disk is, is the long-term storage of the brain, right? It's, that's the equivalent. It, um, it's, the, it's the handwritten notes that go down on the pen to the paper. And, and it's, um, it's time-consuming to do that, right? In your math class where you had to do uh, some math problems, that actual calculation would happen in the CPU of your brain, right? You'd know the answer in the RAM to get to that next step of the problem, right? But actually writing down the answer on the test, you know, that's that would be the hard drive equivalent. So you're actually scribing it down. You're saving that work for something else to look at it later on. Um, and, you know, in math, I always had the problem of of not showing my work because I just did too much calculations in RAM and then I wouldn't score all the points because it wouldn't be written down each step that I did. 
<laughs> yeah, show off there, genius boy. Let me try and abstract this one bit further, just to see if I if I fully understand it. Um, so I want to use your test analogy. I want to use your brain analogy because I'm really liking this. I just want to make sure that I've got a grasp of this. So you're saying that hard drive is where everything is stored long term. So like my if I go to the brain analogy, the hard drive is where I've got like uh, that time that I was playing in a park when I was five years old. If I go to a math test, I don't need to know that. So that's long-term memory. My short-term memory would be RAM. This is not stuff that I'm going to need to remember. It's just stuff that I need to know for the interim. So I've studied really hard for this test. I'm not really going to remember anything because, you know, I'm bad at testing. But I'll be able to remember it for a couple of days. So that's my short-term memory. And then the CPU is me actually writing the test. I'm, it needs to get these tiny pieces of information, so it just asks my short-term memory. And then if there's anything really complex, it'll dig into the long-term memory. The long-term memory will then dump it into a short-term memory, and then I'll forget it again. Perfect. Kind of right? Yeah. No, you described it excellently. Cool. So that's um, <laughs> that. That's the very basic. Where, where are we going from here? Well, um, we, we can start talking about good good guys, bad guys at this point. Okay. Well, so I just want to be. Uh, I just want to be a little bit. Um, I don't know. Recapping here. So we've gone over the 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 concept of the CPU is just it really only takes the absolute minimum information that it needs or that it's given and the information that it's given is generally yes or no right from what I understand uh, I wouldn't say yes so or no I'd, I'd say do something with this and it's like it's a blink of an eye decision it's um, it's part of the subconscious that makes the bigger picture Okay, so, and then you've got the, the RAM, which is the immediate interaction um, with the CPU, and then you've got the long-term storage. The long-term storage can be whatever you've got. So now, when you get to good guys, bad guys, what are you talking about, particularly? So, this is where it gets interesting, because we have a sense of motivation, right? So... The CPU doesn't understand motivation. So is it executing something for good or for bad? Is it a destructive process for the rest of the computing system? Right? Think of it as like a, a, a life system. Or is it um, doing something beneficial to the system? Is it is it purging stuff? Is it just doing work on a spreadsheet? Like the the motivation for good guys and bad guys is the motivation for good guys and bad guys has impact here so as a user i'm expecting my computer to do whatever i tell it to do right it's a it's a sexy robot and i want my sexy robot to do the sexy things that i tell it to do Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. <laughs> Clean your room, master. <laughs> wow. Exactly. All right, so 
How how do you make sure that your sexy robot is always going to be doing the things you need it to do or want it to do? Not need. It's well, maybe need. How do you make sure that it's going to do that? So, or how do you why why wouldn't it do that? Okay. So, the the why wouldn't it do that is probably an easier question to answer because my computer is connected to the internet because I didn't write all the software that my computer is running. Right? I'm trusting other people um, to behave well and to deliver me a product as I'm expecting it to work. It's not a really great expectation because there's a lot of bad characters out there. So I'm communicating to other people over the internet right now, in fact. So people are listening to this and, and they've got to make that decision if the, the information that I'm sharing with them is worthwhile and and something they want to execute on change the Are way you that communicating they do with stuff. bad characters so yeah sure um, so it if i'm checking my email and i'm trying to communicate with my good buddy matt telling him about all of the wonderful things that I'm thinking about to make podcasts over, right? Suddenly I get an email about kitty cats dancing, no less. So I want to see that. So I click on that, right? Now... Who doesn't want to see that? I don't know. And that's probably why it's so appealing to people. But next thing you know, my, my email has downloaded something to my disk which tells my memory that there's something to execute there, which brings it over to the CPU, which says, I'm just gonna blindly do this because this is what I was told to do. And next thing you know, I'm sending out messages about dancing cats to other people. And the dancing I see cats- no problem with this. Well, the dancing cats- Those dancing cats little, are They're adorable. little mangy cats, right? There's something a little bit oh. dirty and nefarious about these cats. Uh-oh. Well, now I'm a little bit suspicious of cats. Shouldn't we all be a little right, bit suspicious it. about cats? <laughs> so, all right, let, let's... <laughs> yes, they're evil creatures. Um, for what it's worth, so now, essentially what you're saying here, I want to try and recap this, but now I just keep thinking about dancing cats. That was a good way to sidetrack it. D dancing mangy cats. Well, that's a terrifying way to sidetrack it. Yeah. But like, it's still like a relatively good They don't good really way to want to dance, it. but, you know, they got to eat. All right. So let's say, for instance, that you're, you hook up to this internet thing that you're talking so highly about. Uh, you connect up to the internet and you're trying to, trying to, get your work done you end up getting like these spam messages uh with filled with dancing cat viruses uh, realistically if i just click on it it's gonna what like download why would that why would that end up being bad you know if i download it or if i try and run it what what's that gonna end up doing what's that how's that gonna be bad well so it'll take advantage of a problem in your system, right? Uh, a vulnerability, um, a 
a behavior that the program has let um, be a, a possibility, a serendipitous thing that somebody might want to have chosen to do, um, and it'll let it run on, on your behalf. But I mean, it could impact other people. There might be laws against um, sending out mangy cat photos, you know, or videos. Um, and and the loss of control that I have over what my computer's doing uh, is a big concern. It might look into my hard drive and see all of the dancing dog photos that I have and send it off to the cat <laughs> authorities. But, okay, so, well, maybe that was um, too general a question. Based off of what we've already gone over here, we've touched on, uh, obviously, the hard drive, the RAM, and then the, the CPU. Uh, if you get, you know, dancing cat video uh, via email and you save it, then it goes on to your hard drive. Who cares? Right? It's not like it's interacting with anything else. Does Can I, from a hard drive, will things go on to the internet immediately? Is that a thing I should be concerned about? I'd say no, that that's not a thing that you should be concerned about. But what I would say is that the fact that you got an email and it gave you a link to this or it gave you an executable to this um, dancing cat video thing following this analogy that we have, um, there there's other nefarious things it can do in the background, right? And like I said at the beginning, computers are great at doing all of these different things. So it could be running a program in the background, your computer's so fast you never notice that it's taking up these extra resources from your computer to do. And it could be sending your tax spreadsheet off to someone who has no right to know what your tax business is, including your social insurance number, social security number, um, monitoring your online bank transactions, um, you know, all, all of these more complex occurrences could occur from a bad actor with bad motivation running on your behalf when it's something that you never really wanted to do or intended to do in the first place. So that was, that was more along the lines of the angry answer that I was looking for. Uh, when you, what you're saying, as far as I understand it, is the... These ridiculous emails that you're getting, um, if you click on it to download it, then it may or may not be harmless. But most of the time, if you click on it, then you're going to try and run it. And if you try and run it, then you try and open it. And if you open it, then from that point, you're moving it from the hard drive into the RAM. And then it's then trying to run. It's trying to interact immediately and directly with the CPU, right? That's right. That's right. And, and these are topics that I want to discuss later on once we have that fundamental foundation established over time. Dang it, I jumped the shark again. All right. No worries. So we're going to be coming back on this. We're going to touch back on some of these ideas and uh, obviously a lot more. Uh, the next show we're going to talk about is uh, the ones and the zeros. Yeah. Ones versus zeros? Sure. Ones versus zeros. Why not? And we're going to be talking it. about... Um, you know, how the programs work in memory, how they get loaded up, um, variables storing these things in memory, 
and what you can do with this as a good guy as a bad guy huh excellent well i look forward to it i'll see you there awesome thank you very much see ya you too bye